are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janon right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they got started in the game and of course where they are now. So what up, what up, what up? Okay, I don't know why, but I felt like I was channeling my inner Bruce Buffer for that um, introduction right now. <laughs> and so actually that reminds me, uh, happy belated anniversary to my wonderful parents, which, uh, yeah, so their anniversary was actually this past weekend, but that kind of reminded me because, um, okay, I'm not going to like give the specifics because I don't want this to be deemed as a advertisement for this company that I'm going to say, but I'm just going to give you like the details and like the merit of the story or whatnot. So, um, yes. The wonderful daughter that I am and the amount of, like, I just love my parents so much. I surprised them because it was their 30th wedding anniversary. So I actually surprised them with a very special message, a very special and personalized message from the one and only Bruce Buffer. So if you do a little bit of research, again, I'm not going to give out the, uh, the company's name because, again, I don't want it to be deemed as advertisement but if you do a little bit of research this is a relatively well-known app so uh, so a lot of celebrities are already on this platform and you contact them you know get in touch with them and um, ask them to deliver either a specialized message to yourself or a family or a loved one you know whatever it is if it's like a happy birthday message if it's an anniversary message if it's just a motivational message that you want this person to tell you or your loved one or a friend just contact them and it is the best gift ever so shout out to bruce buffer so maybe that's why because ever since the moment that i kind of like share this moment with my family for their anniversary uh it's just been like a household thing since then so we're all just like constantly trying to channel our inner bruce buffer so shout out to bruce buffer for being this awesome uh not just ring announcer but but this awesome um individual that he is both inside and outside the octagon and the fact that he cares about every single one of his fans you know it's just a beautiful thing and he deserves to be celebrated all right y'all so uh, this is actually a pretty a pretty uh, special episode because, well, the day that we are recording this episode, it is indeed Cinco de Mayo, so May the 5th, and to all those celebrating Cinco de Mayo, very congratulations, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, most of us out here, you know, I'm not uh, Mexican, however, I do, I love to celebrate any sort of, any event that is uh, celebrated by others. I mean, who doesn't like to celebrate different things? So Cinco de Mayo, just like a history lesson for y'all. Uh, it actually is the day that the Mexican army had a victory over Napoleon's army. And uh, it is majorly celebrated in Mexico. And as of recent years, well, should I say like the past couple decades, um, when it is Cinco de Mayo weekend, so it is like most of the celebration not only just happens on the day of, but also the weekend of. 
And usually over the Cinco de Mayo weekend, uh, we have been <laughs> blessed with a lot of uh, phenomenal boxing fights, specifically because boxing, um, uh, you know, specifically because we have a lot of talented boxers from Mexico who, you know, this is such a special day and they indeed want to showcase their talent. Why not? Of course. And uh, as of the past years, it has been like every single fight, every single boxing fight that we have been seeing, they have been featuring the the poster boy. Like the when you think about Mexican boxing right now, the only person that comes to mind, the first person, should I say, that comes to mind is, of course, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Canelo, the Canelo who has been gaining so much success over the past few years in boxing. And we're actually going to be talking about Canelo and his uh, recent accomplishments in a few minutes. But Canelo has been on a rise recently. And um, it seems like with every single fight, he is only starting to get better and better and better. And he's so young at the moment. And he has already... Um, gained so many well yeah of course so many like titles for himself he has fought across multiple weight divisions in boxing and uh, he's one of the best ones out there right now and um, he has a phenomenal record that we're going to be talking about more and um, so yes uh, Canelo Alvarez has been fighting on the Cinco, Cinco de Mayo weekends uh, for the past few years and all of those fights have been so amusing to watch and uh, of course this year's Cinco de Mayo weekend is no exception because this year Canelo Alvarez will be facing off against the super middleweight title challenger Billy Joe Saunders from the UK and so this is the big fight that we're going to be talking about in so much detail today on our episode and specifically I feel like it, even if you are not a you know you're not too big on boxing I really want to tell you that you surely do not want to miss this fight because uh, both guys have so much to bring to the table on Saturday night when they get to fight each other. Um, I already kind of briefly talked about Canelo's um, uh, skills and um, capacities as a boxer kind of briefly and I'm going to be talking about it in more detail. You know, just having that against uh, Europe's very best boxer right now Billy Joe Saunders and you just put those things together and boom it is you already know it's going to be fireworks all night long and uh, it is definitely going to be one fight to keep an eye out for even if you're not the biggest boxing fan I just want to put it out there because um I, I hope at least um, by this point, y'all know that initially on TKO, we're really big on mixed martial arts and uh, as like certain in- like really interesting and important fights were happening in the world of boxing. That's how we kind of like uh, diverged into the world of boxing. And uh, yeah, honestly, disclaimer, like we're not 
and we might not be the uh, like as hardcore about boxing. However, uh, throughout years, we've uh, learned so much from um, you know some of our peers in boxing. Some of our uh, what's the word for it? Like uh, fellow fans in boxing, and just from like studying uh, various fights, various boxing matches through and through, studying just following up with uh, various boxers throughout the years with uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez being definitely one of those um uh, uh people that we have been catching up with since we started our show since like 2016 and uh just looking back and truly analyzing how how far he's come that that's a, that's really interesting and i feel like you know even as us like we're we're definitely outsiders right now like when it comes to canelo's world and like his his uh professional life but even just looking at it from the perspective of an outsider just from the perspective of a fan I think it still uh deserves to be talked about and it makes it even more interesting it makes it more uh, we appreciate it more, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, if you're not, even if you're not like the most in-depth uh, person when it comes to boxing, I still highly recommend that you watch this fight between Canelo and Bellagio Saunders. But we're going to be definitely talking about it in more detail in a few minutes. And now that we're kind of like already into the whole discussion of boxing uh so this past weekend we also had a phenomenal heavyweight boxing match between the former wba wbo ibf and ibo heavyweight champion of the world the former should i say did i say former in the beginning yes so the former heavyweight champ andy ruiz jr was fighting off against the uh, very con- top contender in the heavyweight division right now, Chris Ariola, and um, that that whole fight card uh, that they were headlining at, it, it was actually featuring. It, it was a all Mexican fighter card, so uh, all fighters fighting on that card. You know, kind of like um, it was kind of like a prelude to Cinco de Mayo. Uh, they were all they were all uh, either directly fighting from Mexico or they were coming from a uh, Mexican uh, background, and uh, it, it all every single fight, every single bout was really really entertaining to watch. And um, specifically, the the main event of the evening did not disappoint at all. And it was very. I'm just gonna briefly kind of like go through it, go through what happened, and reminisce about it a little bit because I think. Uh, the way things turned out on Saturday night between Ruiz Jr. and Ariola, it wasn't necessarily how we expected things to go. And I'll tell you exactly why that was the case. So uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., the reason why everybody was so excited about this particular matchup was number one. So this was going to be his um, so-called like quote-unquote uh, comeback fight since his last fight in boxing, which was against the, well, the current heavyweight champion, uh, Anthony Joshua, the guy who Andy Ruiz had faced before, and for so Andy Ruiz has fought in Anthony Joshua two times so far, and the first time that the two fought, Andy Ruiz Jr. was able to win all of his belts, was able to defeat Anthony Joshua. You know, he was he was on top of the world, 
However, so many different things um, happened in, in between the first and the second fight that the two had. And so by the time the rematch occurred, you know, Andy Ruiz Jr. just was not um, uh, as prepared as he was for the first fight. And in the meanwhile, also his opponent, Anthony Joshua, he had improved on his weaknesses. And so as a result, this time around in the rematch, Anthony Joshua was able to regain all of his lost belts. And uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. was no longer the champion. So people were saying, okay, um, the reason why Anthony, excuse me, Andy Ruiz Jr. was not as active and wasn't performing as well in that rematch against Joshua was because he had actually put on more weight uh, for that fight. And so in heavyweight boxing, there's actually no weight limit as to like what's the maximum weight that it can possibly be when you are fighting as a heavyweight fighter. And so for Andy Ruiz Jr., well, I mean, it's it's not a secret that Andy, Andy Ruiz Jr., he's a um, he's pretty bulky, you know, um, and he had put on allegedly he had put on around f- like 30, 40 pounds of weight. Uh, when he was fighting Anthony Joshua for the second time. And I'm telling you, as a boxer, specifically as a boxer, because all you have to do is to obviously throw your shots, but also you cannot just stay stationary inside the ring. You have to be light on your feet. You have to be constantly moving around in order to be a successful boxer, in order to last the full um, like length of the fight. That's a smart thing to do. And um, Andy Ruiz Jr., unfortunately, because he had put on that much weight, he just wasn't as efficient in his rematch fight against Anthony Joshua. So for this fight that he had this this past Saturday against Chris Ariola, well, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't like a overnight thing that he accomplished, but um, he had actually lost about 60 pounds, six zero pounds in the meanwhile, in the meanwhile that he was training for this combat fight, well, he was still trying to like recover from that loss that he had against Anthony Joshua. But he looked so good in that in in this like new physique that he had built for himself. He Andy Ruiz Jr. despite his uh, um, his weight, he is definitely deemed as one of the faster. Um, heavyweights inside the ring and he has very fast hands so the fact that he had lost this much weight prior to his fight against Chris Ariola, that kind of like hinted at us okay this is gonna be a very dynamic fight and Andy Ruiz Jr. hopefully like he was already really good when it came to uh, maintaining his cardio and stamina and just uh, moving around all the time and being fast with his shots but maybe even this extra uh, shedding of uh, like um, wait, that's going to help him even more in this fight. And maybe we're going to be seeing a brand new Andrews Jr., a completely transformed Andrews Jr. from here on. But when the fight actually happened on Saturday night, I'm not sure if you all were able to catch up with it. It was pretty interesting because, um, well, and I'm going to explain my theory of it uh, as to why things went down the way they did. So the... Let's just divide the fight into, yeah, let's divide it into like three parts. So the the first one third of the fight, 
Chris Ariola was demolishing Andy Ruiz Jr. So Andy Ruiz, even at one point in this uh, first one third of the match, he was even knocked down to the canvas because of how dominant Chris Ariola was performing in this fight. And uh, uh, Andy Ruiz, maybe you can argue that, okay, maybe he was just taking his time. He wasn't trying to gas himself out. He was trying to analyze everything that was um, uh, being done by Chris Ariola. He was just kind of like putting his energy for the, the, the uh, two third uh, of the fight that was remaining. That's what a lot of people were saying. My theory is, though, it's, it's pretty simple. Ring rust. The phenomena of ring rust. And it is a real thing, okay? And a lot of people disagree with me. But I'm telling you, ring rust is real. If you have been away from the ring, if you haven't fought in, in a hot minute, it, it is going to happen. And uh, it doesn't matter if you've been sparring this, this whole length for training camp. It does not matter. You have to be having actual fights for ring rust to not occur at all. And because Andrew Ruiz Jr. had not fought in so long, well, relatively a longer period of time because prior to that, prior to his loss against Joshua, he had been more active. But since his loss and, you know, with the pandemic happening and everything, he hadn't been as active. So, yes, ring rust happened with Andy Ruiz. But the thing is, I feel like Andy Ruiz showed his true potential in this fight because, yes, um, he maybe he was still trying to warm up in that one third, the first one third um, uh, part of the fight, because from there on, he actually like it, it seemed like his engines were kind of like warmed up. So he started taking over and uh, he actually started targeting. He did this really odd thing, which was to target Chris Ariola's shoulder with his shots. And I haven't really seen other boxers at least do that and i feel like like it makes sense like strategically this is like your opponent's main tool main weapon uh obviously how how else is your opponent gonna generate that punch uh, un like unless it's coming through like a whole like it it's a whole body uh force that needs to be generated in order for you to deliver a really good shot against your opponent and the shoulder plays a huge role in it and if you don't have a like a properly working shoulder how are you going to be generating or at, at least how efficiently are you going to be generating enough force for the shot that are going to be throwing towards your um, uh, uh, opponent being Andy Ruiz Jr., the former heavyweight champion, right? So I feel like that was that was smart. That was very strategic. What Andy Ruiz did to kind of like slow down Chris Ariola from from his momentum that like uh, up, up until that point, and I, but it was a little bit strange. I'm not gonna lie, but it worked because even like visibly, you could you could tell Chris Ariola was 
definitely bothered by those shots to the shoulder. He kept kind of like shaking it off and um, he looked a little bit slowed down too. So uh, as a result, Andrews Jr., he, um, he, he just started kind of like moving forward, started to be more offensive in this fight and uh it was still pretty close though in the in the two-third last part of the fight you know uh it was kind of like back and forth but definitely Andrew Ruiz was performing much better this time around and uh at the end uh the, the fight was actually declared a win in favor of Andy Ruiz Jr. Which kind of made sense because, yeah, for most of the, for the majority of the fight, uh, Andy Ruiz was doing more, although it was a very, very close fight. But everybody was surprised because nobody expected Chris Ariola to be that good, to be challenging um, Andy Ruiz to that extent. And a lot of people, including myself, argued that. Andy Ruiz was probably not challenged to this extent, even with those Anthony Joshua fights. And that's a huge statement telling you that Chris Ariola is so tough and deserves recognition in this weight division. And that, yes, even though he lost this fight against Andy Ruiz, okay, promoters, if you're listening to this right now, you need to pay more attention to Chris Ariola and give him more fights give him tough challenges because he can definitely handle it he show he showed on saturday night that he has he has it in him and he's been overlooked for so long he is actually 40 years old which is not young at all at least when it comes to combat sports professional combat sports but he's still out here um he's still grinding and he still has it man so definitely i, I would love to see more fights by chris Ariola. And also, um, there's been a lot of implications about, uh, you know, with this win, this uh, win by Andrew Ruiz Jr. Um, there, there's a lot of future potential uh, for him fighting against other top contenders in the heavyweight division right now. You know, people including top contender from Cuba, one of my all-time favorites, Luis Ortiz. Um, I think that would be a fantastic fight for Andy Ruiz Jr. and for um, um, uh, Luis Ortiz as well because Luis hasn't fought in a while too. But he is a very potent uh, heavyweight right now. He has been for the longest time. Um, he's a former title challenger. And I think it only makes sense to see, like, if we actually can match the two up against each other and whoever wins that fight is can potentially be the next mandatory title challenger against any of the belts right now in the heavyweight division. But again, we have to wait and see what will happen uh, right now between the top three contenders and kind of like slash champions I should say in the heavyweight division in boxing right now being the IBF IBO WBA WBO champion Anthony Joshua the current WBC champion and heavyweight Tyson Fury and the former WBC champion Deontay Wilder so the I want to call it the the heavyweight triangle in boxing right now and it's such a dynamic such a bold and dynamic triangle everybody wants to see the three fight against each other well Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder have fought already two times 
But we would love to see Anthony Joshua against either one of these guys. And so, you know, just like the combination of uh, just them fighting each other and seeing who's going to be the better man. And then, yes, of course, uh, just moving on to Andy Ruiz Jr. People like phenomenal athletes like Andy Ruiz Jr. and Luis Ortiz. So anyway... Long story short, the heavyweight boxing, um, uh, heavyweight division in boxing, rather, has never looked this good, at least in the in the modern era of boxing. But things are looking hella promising, and uh, I cannot wait to see what's next for all these guys. All right, so now let's talk about our upcoming Cinco de Mayo boxing match, and uh, just like with any. Um, any big fight there's always some drama like it's almost inevitable and that by itself it brings so much um entertainment like um pre pre uh, pre-fight entertainment you know and that definitely tends to entertain a lot of people prior to the fight because everybody's like oh i wonder like what's gonna happen like is the fight gonna be off for whatever reason like what's the new tea you know and um it's it obviously gives us a lot of content to talk about you know us being a sports show and we love us some sports tea honey okay um but yeah so this canelo and billy joe saunders fight is uh, there's a lot of controversy uh, surrounding it right now. Well, was surrounding it because until up until yesterday and up until 24 hours ago, there were rumors that this fight was going to be completely off. And this is this is these are like no allegations. This is no rumor. This was an actual threat on behalf of Billy Joe Saunders's team. And you're asking why? Well, um, Billy Joe Saunders is used to fighting inside a 20 feet ring, right? And somehow, for whatever reason, and trust me, I've been doing a lot of research on this as to why this was the case. Um, whoever was kind of like organizing the arena and the boxing ring for this match, they're saying that the the ring size is going to was going to be an 18 feet ring and uh, yeah so it's it's a little bit strange right because you would think that okay they've been doing this for so long and shouldn't there be like a standardized size for a boxing ring well turns out not really like it could be varied a little bit but for whatever reason um this time around it was supposed to be a little bit smaller than usual and billy joe saunders was expecting the ring size to be around 24 feet so being bigger and so billy john saunders when he figured out that the ring was actually going to be indeed a little bit smaller than what he's usually used to fighting in he said oh completely i'm out like this is not fair and you're asking well like why would uh, why would that even make that big of a difference is because billy joe saunders is very dynamic on his feet again and um he loved like his main point of defense is his speed and his agility when it comes to just moving around and very um uh, like uh, he takes he tends to change his angle so many times while he's fighting his opponents so he needs to be moving around all right okay so when the ring is smaller than usual obviously he's not uh he's not gonna be able to do that as efficiently 
And Canelo Alvarez is notorious for kind of like backing his opponents up against the ropes and just going for extreme body shots and then targeting the head and boom, there you go, either a knockdown, if not a complete cold knockout. So for all these reasons, Bill Gio Saunders' team were threatening to pull out of this fight. However, things have been resolved. Um, somehow, like some behind the scenes things went down, thankfully, and things are resolved. Everybody's happy. But again, still, there's so much beef between Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders, uh, especially because uh, Billy Joe, this is arguably Billy Joe Saunders' um, biggest boxing fight to date. And for Canelo Alvarez, uh, he needs to be getting through Billy Joe Saunders in order to um, claim not only the current WBA, WBC, and the ring uh, championship belts that he has right now, but also claim Billy Joe Saunders' WBO super middleweight title, which would make him one step closer to becoming the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world and this is the 168 pound weight division which uh canelo is starting to get more used to um you know canelo's been fighting in different weight divisions but it seems like this is just starting to become like the 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 more comfortable weight division for him um he doesn't have to cut that much weight he looks very extremely fit and um all is well for him and uh he has been so dominant thus far in this weight division he just has to get through Bella Joe Saunders who's no easy challenge at all in order to get one step closer to that dream of his but you know what we all all we can do at this point is to watch the fight on Saturday night. Make sure you catch up with this fight. And honestly, come on social media, haul at us at TKO underscore podcast. Let us know how you feel about this fight and all of that. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're gonna be having for this week. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca. And until next time, it's your girl Jana right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.